David Lightman was a master at computer games. A fast thinker. Oh, David! Maybe you could tell us who first suggested the idea of reproduction without sex. Your wife? <laughs> Get out, baby. And a promising student Hi. at an old game. Hi. With an electronic twist. Are those your grades? Yeah. I don't think that I deserved an F. Do you? You can go to jail for that. Only if you're over 18. This computer company is coming out with these amazing new games in a couple of months. And I want to play those games. Wow. What? We got something. He found the right code word to play the game. We're in. But it was the wrong computer. Shall we play a game? How can I ask you that? How about mobile thermonuclear war? Fine. All right. <laughs> Trajectory headings for multiple impact re-entry vehicles. What's that name? I don't know, but it's great. All stations, this is Crystal Palace. I wonder if I should use my subs. 22 Typhoon-class submarines departing Petropavlovsk. What in the hell's happening here? Oh, my God. Shall we play? I have seven. Correction, eight. That's eight Redbirds. Get on the sack. Get on the flush the bombers. Russians are still denying everything, sir. Who are you working with? Nobody. Why don't I believe you? Over day, we have Soviet missile warning. Based on the arrest pending indictment for espionage. Espionage. Confidence is high. I repeat, confidence is high. Cobra Dane, is this an exercise? Negative, this is not an exercise. Me the president on the horn. It's still playing the game. It's going to start a war. Close up the mouth. Is this a game or is it real? War games. Playing soon at a theater near you. <laughs> but not really. Not really playing soon at a theater near you. <laughs> playing in the 80s, early 80s at a theater near you. Hey, welcome back to the VHS Club. I'm Katie. This is Nat. And we are talking about war games tonight. We we, we postponed on this one. So we've had lots of time to simmer on this one. Are you feeling we ready did. for this one, Nat? Yes. <laughs> so... Katie had asked me the other day, she's like, why does, why is there no space in war games? Like, mm -hmm. why is it one word? So I looked it up. It's a military term and a North American military term. Uh, so it's a pretty modern military word that is uh, basically uh, simulations of war acts to basically fit, to train your men. It's a training which is exercise literally the plot of this movie so, yes. <laughs> so it works out well but it really annoyed the english major in me because i was like huh space, no space space really want to put a space it feels like well, a typo <laughs> blame the military yeah yeah they spell it without a space <laughs> spell it without a space so uh full disclosure if you're in the military we're likely going to mess some stuff up tonight or hurt some feelings so just move on along <laughs> we're, we're talking about Pretend slash not pretend 1980s-ish military and with the knowledge that we have. So yeah. <laughs> you'll have to forgive us a little bit. And Doc's not on, so he can't, um, he can't critique he cannot... us yet. Anyway, <laughs> he may jump on later into the live chat. Cannot we'll... live fact check us. He cannot live fact check yeah. us yet. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, while you take away the plot of this movie, if you are hanging out with us in our live studio audience, yay, I see George and Paul are here. Let us know if you watch this one, what your thoughts are, type in, um, yeah, join the conversation and we'll pull in some of your comments and feedback here. If you're like, what the heck, I'm listening to this on Apple Podcasts, w- what are you talking about? We're talking about the fact that we live record this on YouTube uh, most Thursdays, sometimes Wednesdays, sometimes Fridays um, on YouTube. So you can always join and, and hang out in the comments and give your feedback and be part of the show. So you're always welcome to, um, yeah, you're always welcome to come and hang out. But let's dive in, Nat. What do you think? What is the what is the plot of this movie? This war games one word movie. I have my nerdy <laughs> glasses on. I'm like ready. I'm ready to, to learn. So the movie is about a high school kid named David who's sort of underachieving at school because he finds it rather boring. He has a computer um, in 1983, so obviously from a very well-off family. Yeah, uh, I had <laughs> lots of feelings about that. I was like, his room is more expensive than like my whole house if we're like comparing yeah, yeah. time to time. Like he's got like yeah. not, not just a computer. He's got like a whole, he's got like a lab. He's got like a, like a computer lab in his room. Yeah. He yeah. does. Yeah. So he he's really into computers and he ends up failing his biology test, um, as does, you know, the cute popular girl in school. And he ends up, they end up going back to his house after school and he's like, hey, look, I can change our grades and that way we won't end up in summer school. And um, I thought it was really funny. There was this moment when they're going upstairs to to his room she's like hey nobody's home like that's weird at like 3 30 in the parents? afternoon after school <laughs> and so he's like oh both my parents work and it's like that's wild because yeah. i'm like yeah how, we how like, very 90s of it all <laughs> just a, just I, a like, little bit before yeah. the wave of everyone needs to work yeah I think it hit in that recession. When was the recession? 85? So, like, that's when everybody went to work. But still, so it's a little before that time. So I just thought it was so weird. I'm like, right, there used to be stay-at-home parents. I'm well, like, they're not, both... Not in our lifetime. They're both working because he's got the world's most expensive computer lab in his yes, room. So, <laughs> so it makes a lot of sense that they're both... It turns out that she, it sounds like she, if I'm, remem- if I'm remembering correctly from, like, yesterday when I watched this, I, she's she's like a real estate agent or something, right? So she's got, like, a... Something like that, yeah. Yeah, she's like... Not that I'm saying that that's less of a job, but it, fe- it feels more like an appropriate, like, mom job in the, in the 80s. In the 80s. <laughs> in my yeah. mind, anyway. But she was working during yeah. dinner time, which yeah. was very un-80s. Very true. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so he goes, he shows her his computer. He, not a euphemism, just like his actual computer. <laughs> his actual <laughs> computer. computer. Yeah. Changes their grades and like jokingly like, you know, books them a, a ticket for Pan Am, which used to be an airline. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He's explaining to her that his computer is, you know, dialing all these different phone numbers in the region because he's looking for somebody who has this new computer game that's supposed to be coming out for Christmas. And he's looking to see if he can find the computer game. Play it early. Because it's probably out there. And he's trying to find a computer that has access to this game so he can play it before it comes out. Um, and they stumble across um, a system and he's explaining like how to log in and what a backdoor is, which is how to get into a computer program without mm-hmm. having to log in officially if you don't have an official login. And um, he, they stumble across a system and they figure out, he figures out 
who the inventor of the system is, Dr. Falcon, who works for, or worked for the military. He is now deceased. And uh, he was a game player and he used to basically, well, he used to create AI, artificial intelligence, where he would play games with computers and teach the computers how to strategize and play these games. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that would be good for military purposes. <laughs> yep. So he's explaining this all to her and flashes over to uh, NORAD, the North American um, defense system. That It's a real life thing, um, though in the premise of the movie, it's not the binational North American. No Canadians there. What the heck? Yeah, no, they, they deleted <laughs> Canada from this movie because it would have made it too hard to understand that two nations make up the continent of North America. Yeah, they Not did add a really creepy um, French. I think that they were trying to make him like a French guy, but he didn't really have a French accent, but he was very creepy and inappropriate with a lot of people there. So I feel like they, they would have benefited from just swapping that character yeah. out with like a nice. Yeah, they could have just Canadian. put a little Canadian patch on him. Like, I, yeah, but made him know. not creepy, like made him actually Canadian. <laughs> Replace that actor and all of his yeah. vibes with someone better. Yeah. yeah. So they they see that this um, they're explaining there's these two sort of tech savvy guys that are explaining, hey, we have this new computer program. It's going to replace these people because people involve human error. So if we have to launch missiles, uh, if we're in a situation of war, we don't want the human error factor. So we can replace that with a computer. Yeah. yeah. Um, the is called Walker, which is super cute. <laughs> And uh, which is Burger King burger. It is Burger King. Yes, Burger King. Burger King yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't really know. I'm like, do we even have a Burger King in Quebec? Probably not. But no, I don't think so. Like, it's a movie thing for me. <laughs> so, so this they replace the the manual human system of launching missiles with this computer. So when David and Jennifer access this, what they think is a gaming system. And they decide to play like thermonuclear Therm war games, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> which I love. Like there's a list of like 30 games, like and there's like yeah. normal games. There's like chess, yeah. chess, you know, like like fun, normal games. And they're like, um, let's go with thermonuclear war. <laughs> I mean, I guess that sounds like the most like badass of the games, but it was like, oh, OK, yeah. we're just going to go like all the way there to the, to the war option. Chess cool, is that. so boring. Let's let's play war games. <laughs> As they drink their tab soda and they're like, what do these things mean? It was like, well, those are the missiles. <laughs> like, yeah. They're just like having fun and, and making everyone in NORAD just cry. Just like. Yeah. So NORAD doesn't seem to have a single person that knows how this program works working apparently to check to see like because what they see on their screens is this is really happening yeah you know the soviet union <laughs> is launching missile attacks mm -hmm. on seattle and las vegas mm -hmm. um so they're in full you know like they're trying to confirm this so they're on full alert they're trying to confirm everything they're they've gone from defcon 5 which is peace to defcon 4 um and creeping up to defcon 1 yeah and I do love, like, kind of near the beginning of the movie, there is one of the nerdy computer guys that's like, guys, it's just a simulation. It's not real. And they're like, and then he disappears. 
He has no ability to convince these military people who have their heads so far up their own arse. Like, like, so they kidnap this kid, too, like, from his home because they track him down, which, like, obviously, he tried to, he did do the right things. You know, he was shredding his paper, he unplugged the phone. But then uh, once he plugged his phone back into the computer, it, it the computer dialed him back because it's artificial intelligence. He ends up telling the military, hey, I just thought it was a game and the computer keeps calling me back because it wants to finish the game. And it's just a game. And they're like, no, that's like, no, computers too don't logical. Make phone calls. Computers <laughs> can't do that. Yeah. Your answer is too simple. You must be a Soviet spy. You fit the profile. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Matthew Broderick does not fit the profile. Okay. Like, yeah. uh, and so basically it's the military trying to figure out if the Soviets are trying to start World War Three, and the kid trying to prove that it really is just a game. Um, and in the end, they they prove that it's just a game. <laughs> <laughs> and they save they save America from starting World War Three with the Russians, <laughs> and that's the movie. And that's the movie. And I I will say so so buckle up because we've got some thoughts and feelings <laughs> and some facts. Thoughts, feelings, and facts in this one, so everyone will enjoy. Um, I, they, so we two weeks ago um, we did, or maybe it was even three weeks ago. We've taken a couple weeks off, but a couple weeks back we we talked about hackers. So which is a which was about 10-ish years, give or take, later than this one. So yeah. this is an, an earlier iteration. But what I think is really, really interesting is that if you compare the two of these, Hackers, it, you know, it kind of takes this concept of computer hacking. It puts it in this teenage world. It makes it really cool and funky. They, like, yeah. they really kind of made, they you know, they made computer and computer technology seem really accessible but then the flip side of it is that you know you have these kind of you know you have the the police officers and like and the FBI and everyone that's involved in kind of stopping this are almost like these like comical bad guys and they're constantly like bursting yeah. into the doors and arresting kids and like and the mothers are shocked and it's like whereas you compare it against this one and you know and like you said that you know so Matthew Broderick's character David is the you know computer genius in this movie and you're right. Like he he has this lab. He seems to understand what's going on. He does a ton of research. So like he like initially yeah. tries to guess what the password is. He's really just trying to figure out what this computer game is. You know, he thinks it's like a fun game. He's trying to like he's trying to impress the girl. He's trying to impress himself. He's just trying like he's just playing around with the computer and then like and figures out, you know, on the way that that, you know, he needs to do this additional research. He like goes to the library because that's what you did in the 80s there was I mean, no like you know there was I mean, no like research was. yeah hacking used to be you had to do like boots on the ground research you had to yeah. go and find passwords and and listen to phone calls and and you know find papers or articles that told you about the person so you could try and figure out their password yeah um, but he like he it's very um, he does all the right like he does all the he does all the right things. Hackers, hackers. It's very pre-hackers, hackers. He doesn't seem. It's, it's not as mainstream. <laughs> it's not as yeah. It's not as mainstream. It's not as like fun. It's not as playful. It feels much more believable. Even though I think both of them are fairly accurate portrayals of it, especially in the times yeah. that they're in. 
but yeah, but it's like it, it is interesting that he's you know he's able to do this. And as you said, once like so he he gets in, he starts this game. They're kind of joking around and playing you know playing thermonuclear war, quote unquote. But then he real he sees a news you know segment later and realizes what he's done, and he like immediately unplugs everything. Yeah. He goes to try to he get does advice. all the right things. He does There's all the, the right things. Writing the papers and burning your book scene, like he did it. Yeah. <laughs> He unplugged the telephone cord, <laughs> ripped it right out of the phone. Yeah. And and then on the, and I would say I'm like on the flip side, you have, you know, so again, like if I compare it against like Hackers, for example, of which there, you know, there are lots of other movies we could compare it against, but, but Hackers is a good example where like, again, you kind of have these like two almost like caricatures a little bit of themselves. Like you have like this group of like teenagers and they're they're teenagers and hacking is like really cool and they're like incredibly talented at it yeah. and there's competition and it's really it's a playful. Whole underground culture. A whole yeah. underground culture. And then you have like the police officers who are kind of like frumpy and ridiculous and everything is like very Don't know what's grandiose. Going on. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas you have the Noride group, which I agree, they totally, you know, they're completely inept. They're like they're all older, they're very kind of prim and proper. They're totally like, you know, they're totally military, right? Like they're they're like yeah. they they're big and they I'm have like, systems no and they way a yeah. kid is a doing this or b telling us the truth yeah and they There's had no just way. come it's off not their world exactly yeah. and they had just come off this like beginning of the movie where you know where you have a couple of guys who are in like a bunker and they base they they challenged the test right so there was like this test yeah. where they were supposed to just fire off you know some kind of weaponry they didn't because they were like oh i don't know this isn't so you you have this kind of like the military where, where they have the technology but they don't really trust the technology yet nor should they <laughs> based on this movie but they're you know they're, they're not really trusting the technology and, yeah. and, and they're kind of trying to think it all through and then yeah like how what is the likelihood that a you know according to them like a this huge organization could be infiltrated by a teenager like <laughs> just well, playing back then just playing pretty pretty solid to be yeah. <laughs> I mean like again like the one guy that ran in at the beginning it's like it's just a simulation none of it's real what you're seeing is just a, like it's just a training like training mode for the program and they're like nah and he's gone for the rest of the movie like I yeah like the one authority there that knew what he was talking about it's like nobody believed him so of course they're also not going to believe the kid <laughs> I do also love that they have this, so they have this Whopper compu computer right they have like this giant computer it's got like a little bit of a face to it it's like very like you know 80, 80s computer huge very whatever. and they're like there's like this whole scene where they're like you know uh like what do we do you know we really need to like make this whole process like easier and we you know we need to take out like the human element because <laughs> because like humans are fallible and they make all these mistakes yeah. and we need to be able to move quickly we're in the middle of the cold war where like we have all these feelings and and facts i suppose but you have this guy who's just like we could use this very expensive giant computer that we have and they're like Like we we invested a ton of money into all of this like game theory research and built this like giant thing for itself it. computer. We might as well use it, and it like takes them a little. They're like, mm, we'll like talk about <laughs> we'll talk about that. Like it's it is an interesting. I don't know. I I think this movie does a really fantastic job. So good a job actually that one of like my. Not my favorite fact of this movie. I'll share that later. But one of one of a, an incredible fact from this movie is that um, former President Ronald Reagan actually like saw an early like release of this movie and loved it so much that it it actually affected 
law like he <laughs> he created law based on uh, based on what he saw in the movie and he referenced it like a number of times in meetings he would like actually paused people and was like have you all seen war games <laughs> sure they were like what <laughs> he was like have you seen war games because <laughs> we need to talk about what we should do or not do based on this movie which i think is just incredible like i think i, had- I think it's incredible I really thought it was interesting that this movie, I think, was in development in 1976. So, and it was done in 82, 83. So it took a while. And initially, yeah, it wasn't supposed to be yeah. kids that were like the hackers. And because it started to become a thing, they're like, hey, like once we hit the 80s, and they're like, you know what? There's these genius kids. <laughs> Um, that are really into this and it's becoming almost like a thing that kids are into it which then turns into yes a whole culture of people globally that are into it especially as teenagers but it's I love how it started as early between as between 76 and 83 that hackers were starting to that's the like real origin of the subculture you know and it's uh that was really cool because it's something that it, it changed the script and it changed the and we got a Matthew Broderick movie, yay! And Ali Sheedy, <laughs> yeah, who's badass in this she's movie. I love her. Incredible in this movie. I had like I had to pause a couple of times and like turn to Dane and be like, she like this girl is like in high school and like she's. Yeah. I, I just love how if you think about like kind of stereotypes at least today, right? Like Matthew Broderick's character, he's like he's like a class clown, but he's also a nerd, but he's not really trying too hard, and she's like. She's like the popular girl and highly capable and like beautiful and whatever else. And she's like riding a motorcycle to school in high school. And she's like, she's like about to be on TV for like gymnastic stuff that she's doing. And she's just aerobics class, Katie. Yeah, aerobics class. Sorry, excuse me, aerobics class. But she's she's just like comes over and hangs out and like there's no like he doesn't seem to be ostracized or kind of like oh I roll he's a kid like even again if you look at hackers just you know tennis years later you have like a character who is like out of place and these characters were like kind of the geeky subculture and they're trying to find their space yeah like in the you know in among the popular kids whereas like this school it was just like it's fine like it's fine he's well nobody would have known about it then you know like his classmates probably had no idea what he was doing so it's like it's he was whatever he was masking and presenting at school not not what he's at home i do love in the movie where he at one point she calls him and she's like where have you been like have you seen that we're like did you hear about us on the news and she's like i haven't seen you in over a week at school and i'm like and his parents are both home. No, she says, like, she says his parents are freaking out. So he does like he he was. So at, at that point, his he was, parents are freaking out. Yeah, he was kidnapped. No, this was before he got kidnapped. No, that conversation happens where he's he's calling from the page. No, she walks back to in her. on him. No, no, no. She walks in on him like she jogs over casually to his house and she meets Gosh. the dog and the oh, dad. Okay. Yeah. And okay. she just goes upstairs and the dad like barely blinks like who is this kid and why does she know where my son's bedroom is? And he's just kind of like sipping his coffee. She gets up. He's like, you know, uh, just in his pants, sitting on like his bed, surrounded by papers, trying to do research. Oh, this is during he breaks his research. In. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Before he breaks into yeah. the, the system and, and like, she's like, you haven't been to school for over, like over a week. And I'm like, his parents have no clue that he was in no, school. No, they work full time He wasn't now. there. <laughs> <laughs> what? They don't have 
time for that. Never. Never. And I also love how like they just like change their grades. I'm like like nobody would notice. No, no, no. I guess it depends on how big their school is. There's no communication between teacher to I guess the secretary would print out the report card and it got mailed to your home, right? So I remember that. Oh, that's mm. weird. <laughs> like you can't just look it up online. <laughs> How do you look up children's grades nowadays? Yeah, online. Well, they do. Uh, they online? do bring home. They do bring home in their bags like a printout version of it. Okay. So that's that's still the same as when I was a kid. But you can also look them up online. Okay, so yeah, but basically, like, there's no like system of communication where like people would notice that these yeah. kids change their grades from an F to an A. <laughs> wild his his parents seem to be oblivious to what was happening around them except for the trash yeah there's like an entire scene where they're like oh why why are you dealing with the typical typical parent stuff because he didn't put the the lid on the the trash trash, the dog knocked it over got in the trash yeah i mean there is a scene between him and the parents where he shows his report card which is obviously like edited and fabricated and they're like wow good job like they you like it's so good and he's like did i it's like, i know they're like not expecting know. him to have done well they're just kind of like wow great which again like begs the question like again in a lot of these other movies that happen like in and around this time period the parents are like mm-hmm. they're like you know you're like you're failing out of this class like or you're not doing well in this class or i don't yeah. trust you i'm taking away all of your expensive stuff you have in your house and in this movie they're just like wow great you're passing excellent we didn't think you would like it's just <laughs> they're just like fine with like no problem at no point are we gonna like punish you or take away any of your thousands of dollars of equipment you have in your room Dear lord i couldn't even imagine the cost of it at that time no it's so crazy one thing i love is that because the military did not listen to him at the beginning and they did not listen to their it guy or whoever his their programmer um they can we imagine for a moment how many millions of dollars they spent in the <laughs> 80s flying up these f 18s or whatever they the were defcon <laughs> to or, a different level yeah like yeah. to to like verify that their radar information was correct so they're mm. shooting off planes into the air they're sending out submarines they're doing all of this like on the ground real stuff i'm like how much could, has anybody ever done a tally on what that would have cost <laughs> I know. I'm curious. I think it would be really, really like funny. So this funny. was like an OG concept we had for this show, but it would be really funny to do like the um like MTV Much Music, which is the Canadian version of MTV version where they yeah. do like those music videos where they like over the music video they have like the bubbles that come up and give like facts. Like I feel like they Pop need like a me. version of the of this movie where they just have like either like a running counter along the bottom that's like the amount yeah. of money that the the military is just like hemorrhaging as the movie is happening or just like pop up bubbles that come up that's like wow there is another four million dollar like that would be yeah that would be a fun way to approach this movie with just like the, the facts that go um all along yeah no they definitely they definitely spend like an insane amount of money and i mean this movie like so a couple of things as it relates to the military one is that the prior to this film th- this film has had one of the most expensive at least at the time the most expensive sets ever designed so they spent a million dollars designing that whole norad room and they That's had to like 
it was way cooler in the movie than it actually was in real life because again of the 80s of it all <laughs> so it's like they're like we need a lot more like flashy lights and cool screens and like things that didn't actually yeah. exist in that space um now it like it obviously looks pretty badass and cool and obviously there's way more pictures and availability to see what it looks like versus you know versus what we had accessible back in the 80s but it was really really <laughs> expensive to build that entire space and make it like come to life in the way that they you know that they did so it's pretty it's pretty remarkable that they were able to do that and again and also even terms like defcon like no one knew what the heck that was until this movie <laughs> like it, this movie, I learned about that from movies. Yeah, so yeah this movie created fun. a lot of the ter- not created the terms that this term existed, but it popularized a lot of these terms. Uh, firewall was another term that like was not used popularly at all before this movie. So it, yeah. you know, it really was like a in addition well, to even being, backdoor, like talking backdoor, about computer yeah. programs saying backdoor. I'm like, would anybody have ever even imagined that word before this movie came out? Like, like. The average, obviously, not the people in this business, you yeah. know. But like yeah. they brought they they brought to pop culture a lot of terminology mm-hmm. that wasn't part of pop culture until this movie, which was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm laughing at Paul's comments, and so <laughs> Paul says, "And the computer was destroyed by tic tac toe." <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. It really the was. The computer could not so- handle tic tac toe. Like parents, it was just like nah. <laughs> The the artificial intelligence of the computer. So the computer Joshua, um, not the, so the, I guess the computer was Whopper. Whopper. And then the artificial intelligence that developed within the computer, the program was named Joshua. And after the creators, Joshua was programmed. Yeah. After the, so the not deceased, by the way, he was just um, given uh, a new name to go retire because you know he knew too much for the military so they kind of just deceased his real name and gave him all new identity and everything mm-hmm. so the creator's son um his name was joshua so and that was how david got into the computer was by figuring that out from an article about him mm-hmm. and um basically what i'm trying to say is that joshua because he's an artificial intelligence was realizing that oh if they shut me off then I can't speak to David and we can't keep playing the game. So I'm going to find David somewhere else. So if David logged onto another computer, he would try and recognize him and speak to him through a different computer and stuff like this. So the AI was really developing and um, he didn't know that you can lose a game. He hadn't learned that games can be won and lost or not that they can be won and lost, sorry, that they, that sometimes there's no resolution. There's no resolution. Like, yeah. There's no point in like, playing because there's no resolution, which is what tic-tac-toe is literally all about. <laughs> there's no way to win unless someone's really yeah. not paying attention or is under the age of like five. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So they, that's why he, the, the supercomputer got felled by tic-tac-toe because he needed to learn that sometimes there's no resolution. Yeah. You know, like in a cold war, nuclear war. And these are situations where we're pretty sure there's not going to be a viable resolution. So let's not do that world. (laughs) (laughs) I love how Giddy and I were talking just earlier that all the problems in this movie, sort of like the bigger global issues that they mentioned in this movie are literally the same stuff that's in the news today. Don't make me depressed. World (laughs) War III. It's like, Russia. (laughs) 
I know it's it's so funny. I was reading this really in depth article about this movie, which I posted in the in the sources and in the show notes here. So whether you're listening or watching, you can, you can grab it if you want to dive deep. <laughs> if you if you want to dive deep into the space, but a lot of what the article was talking about was the you know this movie kind of came up in this era where people were really afraid, right? Like you had the yeah. Cold War was still heavily happening. You had um you had people just being really afraid of like the the instance of of computer automation and of losing jobs to computers that were capable of doing things we're that humans where humans were as good at, right? But we're still there. Like we're, we're still having that these, right now. We're still having uh, these conversations where people are afraid of like what AI can do and what and certainly it can. It can do a lot yeah. in, in the same way that the technology back then could do a lot. And the 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 kind of theme and moral that comes out of this movie is that, you know, h- humans are still smarter or more capable than than artificial intelligence even though it can learn and it can come to the you know the solutions it's still needed it's still needed human assistance to get there and the humans still needed to make the right decision which i think is still generally the case it may not always be but i think it's still generally the case in today um but yeah it's it, it is interesting kind of that we are still in a space where it it's really, really relevant. It kind of rem- this movie actually, you know, in addition to thinking back on hackers, and then we obviously watch Robin of Loxley, which is a hacking <laughs> movie, but not not in the same league as this one, but still interesting. But the one that I thought of a lot, which is like one of our OG favorites that we need to redo at some point because everyone keeps asking for like more of this, is Pump Up the Volume, right? Like, yeah, it same it thing. felt really similar in many ways to that movie in this like world where you know you had this like guy that was like you know challenging kind of the you know the system obviously the character from pump up the volume is much more like outrageous and kind of challenging than matthew broderick's characters in this movie but it there were a lot of similarities i think between that one and this one as well yeah i wanted to say and come with me on this journey guys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is a remake. War Games is a remake of the 1957 movie The Desk Set, starring Ooh. Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. Good one. Out of out of our range for VHS Club, but a, but an it amazing is. one everyone should watch. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. So if you haven't seen that movie, it's um basically Catherine Hepburn works at a call center we'll say basically if you needed to look up the definition of a word or look up something in the encyclopedia there was like you know a 1-800 number that you could call and you had these these people that would just sort of like either know the factoid off the top of their head or go and check the references and then yeah yeah and Spencer Tracy's character was he's bringing in a supercomputer, a legitimate actual supercomputer. That's what they even called it in the movie <laughs> to replace these women who were the um, the operators who gave you the information that you were calling to ask about. And the whole like, it's the same. Like we're replacing humans with computers and oh, no, we shouldn't do that. And we still need the, the humans and nope, the computer can do it all. But something goes slightly wrong. So now we need both of us to live in harmony. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that movie is much funnier than War Games because it's not setting us <laughs> to war with Russia. This one was a lot scarier on that front. But, yeah, um, absolutely. We need to talk about a few things. And, and uh, Paul and Val have pointed out a couple of them. That So there are some like 
in at least my opinion, hilarious moments in this movie. So the the first is, uh, and Paul points out brilliantly, I love the fact that they were giving tours in NORAD. It's like one of the most secure places in the country. And they're just like, as Val said, lots of people walking around the room. Like, where, yeah, where, yeah. where are you going? Like, are just, you part of the high school group? Like, are you yeah. lost? Like, yeah. Not a prisoner that was locked in an, a room. but Not even yeah. like, not even just like, are there tours? But like, they're in the middle of like a crisis. And at no point are, there like, are they like, well, we're changing defcon so maybe we should send the tour group home they're just like that's fine like let's move the-. like they kind of speed it up a little bit but they don't like get them out of there quickly like they're they're like maybe we'll just like end this a little bit early but they're not they don't seem to be too panicked about wild. it like yeah which is absolutely oh, wild also, one of our favorite things both katie and i was at the end of the movie where they're having the countdown because now it's going to mm. be like thermonuclear meltdown right yep. like yep. russia is going to attack north it's, america it's like the north final america. like intense yeah. moment of the yeah. movie yeah and then there's the countdown and it's like we all know it as a computer countdown like in these situations in modern movies it's like 10 seconds remaining <laughs> and then it flashes it's literally this woman who's just super chill she's just like 10 seconds remaining until total destruction nine seconds remaining and like they're all freaking out in the room and they're trying to contact all the bases to say like we Mm. can't confirm so we can't take action and we know you're probably all gonna die but we're with you and it's like and she's just like five seconds until like iconic like best role in the movie she is hands down my favorite person and i literally like i wanted so badly i know it's not a comedy but like the the airplane like slapstick humor part of me wanted so desperately for the general to turn around and be like barb can you not like can you not right now like i'm trying i'm trying to talk to everyone and we're in full panic like we don't need the countdown try to like, call can... through a landline <laughs> yeah trying to call through a landline to like tell everyone that they may or may not die and she's just like 10 seconds eight <laughs> seconds like it was just glorious that not was amazing and then one of my favorite moments, and Dane pointed this out to me, which I actually didn't, again, I'm not, I say this almost every episode, but I'm not even kind of observant, so I don't notice hardly <laughs> anything. But I did catch this one, um, is that Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy are, like, in the last minutes of this movie, that you know, they have found the, like, they have found the previously thought to be dead inventor of this computer, the father to Joshua, the father of this like AI technology. And they've convinced him to come back from this like isolated Island that he's on (laughs) to come and help them. And there's like, there is like, you know, everything is like in full panic mode. Norad is like shutting down. It's like, it's in a mountain. Like they're going into full lockdown. They're going into full lockdown. So they're like, they, they like are, peeling out in this jeep the jeep like flip crashes through the gate flips over they jump out they're running through they like make it to like the door there's like a huge like vault door that's closing they get through the door with like seconds to spare they're running through the building to try to get to like this norad room expensive set the the war room right they get all the way there and and then like and then you see like you know the scene kind of continues and they're having like this back and forth conversation and then you look down and they're all wearing like visitor badges <laughs> and you're okay. like but what when did that happen what like, like, like again barb is just like she was just like in the in the middle of the countdown she's like 10 seconds here are your visitor here badges, are your visitor badges. <laughs> <laughs> barb 
I love you, Barb. Oh God, I wish her character name was really Barb, but she's I probably know. just like young woman or it's uncredited. Pretty, yeah. In in, in my like, mind, she'll always be Barb. She's, she's Barb. a Barb. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's a get it done oh, kind of person. Some might, some people might call her a Karen, but I think she's more of a Barb. <laughs> just no, like, she's definitely. I think Barb, she's more of a Barb. And then the other the other point Karen's in that. Katie, let's true. True. except for Doc's Karen she's fantastic so she's the exception to the rule <laughs> but um but I will say that the other amazing moment in that in that exact same scene which this one I didn't spot but Dane pointed out to me is uh Matthew Broderick and Ali Sheedy's characters are, are running and they're holding hands he's like why why every action movie is like the couple holding hands while running like the worst possible idea like we're we are in a rush guys like we're in a a rush here and they're just like we're in love like but we're upset and we're trying to get there but we're yeah we're in love like that would just trip me up you know like i'd be like okay you hold your own hand because i like i need to run for my life like when i'm in fight or flight i'm a fight like i'm not going to be coddling somebody else yeah um, I learned from my trip to Italy that um, that in these kinds of running situations of which I had to do in the airport uh, to catch a, a connecting flight that I would be dead. Like if this was yeah. if this was Dane and I in this scene, we would not be holding hands <laughs> because Dane doesn't believe in that one running, as we just said. But I would be like passed out on the floor gasping for air. And Dane would be like in NORAD solving the problem. Like I'd be like, I'm just going to wait. He- I'm not Ali Sheedy. I'd be like, I'm going to wait here. You go. <laughs> go save the world. Go save I'm the going world. to, you know, yeah. try and not have my lungs or heart explode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. Okay, we need to call this out because I did not notice this and Paul did and it's fantastic. So Paul says, to the right of the launch room where the guys with the missile launch keys were, there's a placard that reads, anyone urinating in this area will be discharged. <laughs> That's incredible, Paul. I totally did not notice that. that. And I will have to go back and rewatch just for that one moment. That's incredible. Oh, my goodness. Absolutely awesome. (laughs) Absolutely awesome. Uh, Other other favorite moments. Well, some uh, some fun facts. Excuse me. Some fun facts in this movie. Um, So I was saying to Nat before we jumped on, uh, because it was 1983 when this movie came out. So it was filmed earlier than that. No one mm-hmm. had any typing skills, so because no one had home computers, that like wasn't a thing. Typewriters so, and and <laughs> keyboards are not, not the, same the same skill set. Not I've just same. a new vintage typewriter. Mm-hmm. A new new to me vintage. It's, typewriter. I mean, it's new to me. It's been <laughs> existing since the sixties. But yeah. I just got a typewriter, and I'm like, instead of just like a nice little even like tick 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 tick. tick no, no, you have to like slam the keys. Yeah, it's like a full arm movement. I'm like, oh, I do not have any muscle memory to this. So I can see how going from typewriters to computers, it's a no. Yeah, no one was able to type, and not only could they not type, but they like if they pulled it off it was insanely slow and they were just making countless mistakes like they it was not nothing was spelled correctly so they ended up actually like coding and programming the computers to just whatever anyone typed they would just pull up what they needed it to say on the computer because they were like nah we're good <laughs> like with the whole time, you just type whatever you want because we're just gonna put we'll just put up whatever you show so um i thought that was kind of awesome and they also gave matthew broderick um, a couple of arcade machines because they needed him to like know how to use technology. I was like, well, that's a win. I mean, I hope that he still has some of those because that's incredible. That would be <laughs> Absolutely amazing. incredible. 
Oh my goodness. Everyone's picking up all these awesome moments. See, I'm not observant. So I love these. Everyone will have to keep, uh, keep up. Val says that during the motorcycle scene, Ali Sheedy's hair was down when she picked him up and then was in a ponytail when they were going down the road. <laughs> what? Yeah. How? Yeah. It, it is amazing. Like how many of those kind of movie mistakes get left in. I, I wish that I yeah. was the person that could pick those up. Dane is really good at that. Nat's pretty good at it. I'm like not. I don't know. I'm like in the moment. I'm like, look at I her. She looks amazing. <laughs> I love it's like, you know, riding a motorcycle. Whenever a girl is like riding a mo- or anybody with long hair. Oh, yeah. Like even Thor. I'm like, you're fighting with your hair down. Like, come on. Yeah. You're going to tie that back up out of your face. You know, like you're going to make mistakes. It's going to get in the way. Like, yeah. I mean, there's I no would, way. but <laughs> that's me. I can't handle it. Like I played a lot of sports as a kid. Never had my hair down once. No once. Ever. <laughs> While, while doing any kind of physical activity like, still to this day i will not not with you it's like wearing a wool blanket over your head while trying to exercise you know mm-hmm. it's you just it doesn't happen yeah it doesn't <laughs> except happen. for in the movies doesn't happen hank says matthew broderick was practically a child in this so he he was actually 21 when this movie came out um and he this was three years before ferris bueller's day off which is obviously on our list and now you know as you can see shades of ferris in this you can see <laughs> shades of ferris in this sad fact his his matthew broderick's father who got him into acting and was himself an actor actually passed away um before this movie came out so like died during the making of this movie so he's like the fact that matthew broderick is even kind of matthew broderick funny in this is kind of impressive because i think he was having a super hard time during a lot of the filming of this so oh so yeah, that that part was kind of sad, um, but yeah, tons of tons and tons and tons of facts in this movie. So I will we'll not get through all of them in the in this episode, but no. it's worth looking it up because it like this movie's actually unlike a lot of its you know counterparts, it's insanely accurate. It actually redefined a lot of like the kind of both military and governmental approaches to dealing with you know with computers and with technology. It. Um, it you know it was a smash success of the box office like it had a ton going for it so it was uh it was a really well received um very well put together movie i think really yeah um what was you had some facts about computer use at the time oh yeah all right so um so this one goes uh is to credit to, to Dane and our friend Aaron who, who sent us over this fact, but but uh, but here and then for those of you who are listening, we have this fun-filled chart uh, that comes from NBC. You can see the peacock in the corner there. So credit to NBC. <laughs> this is uh, this is showing. I had a lot of questions about the internet, <laughs> as, as previous <laughs> movies have called it. But I was like, huh, you know, like again, we have kind of this character where he's you know he's certainly using a phone. He's calling in to access all these different files, and I was like was mm-hmm. there the internet like i know that yes. the internet existed in the early 80s I'm, I'm not doubting that it came out in the late 60s basically but but i was 19- like did october 29th 1969 yeah hey Just... look at you live fact checking um <laughs> no that's but... out of my brain so let that nice. roll it up <laughs> might someone... need to be dusted off if somebody wants to double check that someone else me. can live fact check that for us but uh but again for anyone listening so in 1981 you had approximately 213 computers that were accessing the internet in 19213 that's it 213 in 1981 in 1989 you had 80,000 1992 727,000 and in 94 2.5 million so you know you it 
in this time period, we're looking at between the kind of 213 to 80,000. So again, you know, it the concept of kind of like networking computers and like the vague, you know, connection points certainly were there. The internet, the, yeah. the beginning of the internet was there. Um, but it, I mean, this is, again, a very different movie if you're looking at it from the 80s to the mid 90s when hackers came out, which was, you know, yeah. accessibility well, also, to the internet was very Microsoft different. Office came out, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we had Lotus Suites before, which is why we see some good numbers in the late 80s, early 90s. But by the mid 90s, it's when Office kind of took over uh, not just industrial use, but home use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I... Um, yeah, and re- initially the internet was created to compile a very heavy computer program because these guys were realizing like, hey, we have this really big computer program and um, compiling a program is basically when you're checking to see if there's any like mistakes in your program, like any little bugs or holes or something that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't do it on an actual physical computer. So they inadvertently invented the internet and then it was open sourced um up until the phone companies got involved and i'm still salty about it because technically it's open source um you should be salty about you know. it it's uh, it's i am I'm like how about. much are we all paying for this and it's like free information but anyways. yeah and some people that can't access it it's uh <laughs> it's an issue i love yeah all oh, the conversations about yeah. typewriters and ink that are happening in our live chat so again if you want to be part of this amazing crew it's usually the same group of folks we love being able to hang out so Adore you, can, them. <laughs> you can join us um on youtube and get your comments in live but you can also leave comments on the replay or email us if you're listening and you don't want so, to see our lovely faces talking about printers i used to love the daisy wheel printers so mm-hmm. it's if you guys google it if you don't know it's <laughs> such a i wish there must be youtube videos oh, or sure. asmr about it because it's wonderful mm-hmm. so you have it when it when it worked when it didn't jam so you have your paper and it has all the little holes on the side mm-hmm. and it prints everything out and then you had to tear so the perforated holes off, yeah. off the edges oh my god that was so satisfying <laughs> i still <laughs> like if you got me a pack of like daisy wheel printer paper i'd be like yes, yes. it's almost as good as bubble wrap <laughs> yes absolutely so good love that absolutely all right well we're we're near the end so if you're hanging out in the live studio audience you'll have to let us know how many potatoes you would give this one um drop those in if you want to do stars that's fine we'll judge you but we would prefer potatoes <laughs> how many potatoes you you are gonna give this one um and you know i I think I think this ends our kind of like mini hackathon technology suite because next week we are going to be together hanging out in Stratford, Ontario. Live in person. Live together. in person. <laughs> so um, we are actually going to see a Shakespeare play on the stage in Stratford, which is a huge theater town um, yeah. in Canada. So we're going to be coming to you with the podcast live on Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, that is Today right now is September 7th, 2023. So if you're listening like way in the future, this doesn't really relate to you, but you, you can hang out and grab <laughs> the episode. But if you want to be live with us and hanging out in the chat, we're going to be talking about, um, we're going to switch it up and we're going to talk about one of our all-time favorite Canadian Shakespeare shows, not a movie, a TV series. A TV series. Three and Arrows. Series. Three yeah. seasons. Yep. Seasons. Three series. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you're British or Canadian, <laughs> three seasons slash series. So confused and, sometimes. And just a really like, good. We're just gonna. 
Yeah, we're going to talk generally about it and uh, and just hang out and let you know what Stratford is like. And we're going to be in total Shakespeare mode. So if you yes. want to look something a little bit different from us, you're welcome to come and hang out. If you're like, ah, nah, man, I, I want to be back in the world of 90s movies. Totally fine. Jump yeah. jump ahead to two weeks from yeah. now and we'll be back with, with you with another 90s or early 2000s. Yeah. If you haven't seen Slings and Arrows, and I know it's available... Um, it is on Amazon. I believe on Amazon. And uh, yes, it is. It used to be on Netflix as well. I don't know if it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great show starring Paul Gross, who everybody should recognize from the show Due South about the Canadian Mountie mm-hmm. and Chicago cop uh, pairing up in Chicago to fight crime mm-hmm. and always get their man. Um, incidentally, we are seeing Paul Gross <laughs> in Stratford stage. next week. Yeah. He's playing King Lear. So if we get and arrested in Canada, so it's because we've tried to get on the stage with Paul Gross and you can all help us be bailed out. It looks like that. I love uh, we're booking tickets and Katie's like, but how do I get backstage to meet him? I'm like, Katie, it's Canada, not America. We don't like, there is no we don't do that here. So I'm like, I don't care. I'll throw money at it. And it's like, it's not, we don't, we don't do it. And she's like, oh. Like, well, Val is on tour right now and is in Windsor, which is not too, too far away that's from Stratford. close to Stratford. <laughs> yeah. So you'll have to let us know where you are next, Val. We'll have to stalk you. And if you come anywhere close to Montreal or Boston, we're there. We're there Hi, to see Val. you. Yeah. <laughs> Stra- <laughs> uh, Windsor, incidentally, is like a good 10 hours from Montreal with, with mm-hmm. traffic. With mm-hmm. traffic. With traffic. I think which it's is like... doable in the world of Canadian driving. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's normal Canadian driving. But I'm like, Val is so close yet so far. <laughs> like, it's probably faster for me to fly to across the continent to see you <laughs> mm-hmm. than it is for you to drive and see me here. Yeah. All right, so Paul is giving it five, five taters. George also five. Doc says four. Lost one because the movie made people scared of computers. I'm kind of with you on that. The logic there is sound. The logic. I remember, and granted, I was quite young when this movie came out. Very. Katie was Mm -hmm. born. (laughs) This is this is my anniversary movie. So the movie and I are both forty this year, which is exciting for both the movie and me. (laughs) I would have seen this when I was. A bit older but i remember my mom being like to my dad like andy are you sure it's not too scary and my dad's like it's about computer games yeah <laughs> and, and my mom's like it might be scary because of the soviets yeah, anyways so it's like it is a I little scary because of the soviets i mean i'm not gonna lie it is it is a bit scary but yeah you know because of the soviets um, of it all Oh my goodness. I do have that very distinct memory. I don't know what you said. You said something earlier in the podcast is like, oh, memory unlocked, core mm-hmm. memory. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Andy, is it too scary? <laughs> That's no, awesome. No, but yeah. Um, how many potatoes, Katie? I, I went with five. I went with five. I know it's very surprising because I only ever rate things two or three, but you know, I really, I thought <laughs> yes. this one, this one definitely is five. I, how can you not? I mean, other than Doc's logic, which I think is sound. I, I, I... Also, deleting Canada from NORAD, which I'm like, uh, Canada joined NORAD in 1957, but okay, true. it wasn't Maybe there in we'll the 80s. Down, like, over uh, here. We'll hide a potato. <laughs> 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 that, but that's just me being like, inaccurate. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, it again, like, it kind of checked all of the potato boxes, right? Like, it, it was. Did. It was fun. It was well done. Well it was accurate. It was well acted. Ish. It did really well accurate. in the box office. It I mean, did. It, was, it did. Like, it, they didn't take too many. Yeah, too many licenses. I'm just meant about NORAD. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. But, 
I'm like, that was a pretty big thing they left out, you know. Again, like, I really think that they could have traded okay. out that like I think they were trying to make him French guy. Yeah, there was, was that weird, weird that guy in that weird uniform with that big like Hermes white scarf around his yeah. neck, and, and he was like really gray. inappropriate like, to that woman. I was like, no, we need to get him out of here. Has, like, yeah. yeah. Hands to yourself, maybe French guy. S A vibes, France. dude. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can back up like five potato, pick, like actually five <laughs> sacks of potato paces away from her. He's like hovering. Ooh, I didn't like him. <laughs> oh, hang on, I gotta try something here. Oh no, I can't grab it easily. I, Paul was saying that in um. And so I use for anyone that doesn't know this, and I assume that most of you do, but we record this <laughs> podcast with a tool called Ecamm Live, which is mm-hmm. one of our all time favorite tools. Love our, it. If not our favorite tool. And in the newest version Thanks. of it, you can actually, which we'll have to add in for a future episode, you can actually like have animations to your um, overlays. So like our little potato guys, we already mm-hmm. have the animation where they like drop in from below, but now you can spin them onto the screen and spin them off the screen. That might be really fun for next time. <laughs> so we'll have to, we'll only have to set that up live from live from Stratford. Um, that may have, to I mean, happen. how many potatoes are we going to spin in for Paul Gross and Shakespeare? <gasps> Probably a hundred or more. I mean, really, we wouldn't be as Canadian many we as we can. <laughs> If we didn't do that. Oh my god. Katie goodness. and I also being massive English lit nerds slash mm-hmm. majors slash what we do double major in English lit and like a minor in classics and whatever. Not nerds at all. Um we love the bard. He's mm-hmm. kind of been our gem since yeah. we were little kids. So such weird kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm slowly trying to make my kids crazy slash memorize the prologue in Romeo and Juliet so now every time that we do anything I like I, I start up and I'm like two potatoes both alike in dignity in fair Verona where we lay our scene two children both alike in dignity I'm like they've now heard me say this with like different things so often that by the time that they read Romeo and Juliet they're gonna be like oh for the Ugh. love of God I can say this out loud in my sleep with my eyes closed no they're gonna know the whole prologue it's gonna be incredible so can't wait till they hit grade seven yeah is it still grade seven reading Romeo and Juliet I don't eat. Yeah, I don't even know. Oh, I mean, no. for my kids, way younger, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 We've already. Right, fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. There is still Shakespeare in the school system for yeah. your children. Come I mean, on, America. Either, either way, we're going <laughs> to. If not, Andy now will come and visit and we will do English lit lessons. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <will> <laughs> Well, I'm excited to dive into the world of Shakespeare. And technically speaking, even though not a movie, this series aired from 2003 to 2006. So it's still within our time frame of 80s, 90s, and today, which is early 2000s. (laughs) It does have an all-star cast. There are some people that you recognize. An all-star Canadian cast, yes. But some of them are really just all-stars. Rachel McAdams is in it. That's true. And uh, what's his adorable face from uh, The Marvelous Miss Maisel? Oh, I couldn't tell you he that was, one. I for shame have oh, not yet seen that one. It's it's very Gilmore Girls with the fast talking. I love it. <laughs> um, what's his it? Luke Kirby is also in it. He's right. uh, he's got a lot of attention recently because of Miss Maisel, but uh, he's also in this and Paul Gross and a lot of other people that you'd recognize. You'd be like. Oh, they're Canadian. They're in everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Actually, I'm pretty sure somebody in this movie, War Games, was in 
Swings and Arrows. Yeah, well, we'll I recognize him and thought about that. I have he was one less of the, than a like, week to watch. He's one of the MIT seasons. nerds. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's true. I mean, we could just watch the Lear season, but the Romeo and Juliet season is slash the Scotch play season is the best. But here we go. Paul says Paul Gross from Tales of the City leads an outstanding ensemble cast with season one guest stars Rachel McAdams, The Notebook, oh, there and we Luke go. Kirby, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So yeah, it's Thank it's you a great Paul one for making that really concise. Yes. I was just like, like you know, dude, and the thank you. <laughs> It is called Slings and Arrows. There are three seasons. Yes, it's Canadian, so it might be slightly harder to find and or stream, but I'm um I do know I'm that it's pretty it is, sure it's on Amazon Prime. It is on Amazon Prime. Slash so. Netflix. Mm-hmm. It used to be on Netflix for sure, for sure. So one or the other. We got you. All right. You did it. As we like to say, you we wasted did. yet another perfectly good hour hanging out with us. We dive deep into the world of war games. Next week, Slings and Arrows. You can find this podcast as our friend Doc says, wherever you get your podcast, that's not what he says, but I'm editing it for you. <laughs> wherever you get your <laughs> podcast, uh, we are available on all the different podcast players, including YouTube music. If you want to hang out in the live studio audience, you are always welcome. We record most Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Next week, we're going to be Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, but you can find all of the replay videos here as well, as well as uh, we do weekly at the same time as this episode, roughly right before we do uh, sh- video shorts as well. So if you're like, nah, I don't have time for a full hour. That's crazy pants. You can just click and watch just the like top three facts from each movie so that you can feel smart at cocktail parties or Zoom calls either. Whatever is your jam. <laughs> so, so you can hang out and get all of that. And please, please, please. Uh, let us know your favorite movies and, you know, leave us some comments and let us know what you think of the episodes and share it with a friend because we'd love to get the word out a little bit more. All right, Doc, where you can find this, where your podcast getting is got. I don't know if I'm cool enough to pull that off, <laughs> but, there, but there it is for, no, for my not. friend Doc Rock. <laughs> that was adorably awkward. Adorably <laughs> awkward from this nerdy Canadian uh, gla- fake glasses wearing... <laughs> in person to everyone out there thanks for thanks for hanging out as always nat and i'll see you in real life in a couple days and thanks everybody for hanging out with us we'll see you next week bye